Hello, this is Brian Lane, lead pastor of FAM Church, and this is our podcast. Welcome to part three of our series called Selfie, where we look at the life of Jacob and the image that he tried to portray through his selfie. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. How's everyone doing this morning? Good? Good. Awesome. You better be good. You're in the house of the Lord. Amen. So let's get ready to start. So as Pastor already said, this is the third part of the Selfie series, and I'm so happy you guys are here. Um, And if you missed the other two parts uh, that happened the past Sundays, I'm actually going to review it for you. So, you know, don't have to worry about it. And you're not going to be tested on this anyway, so it's okay. All right. So the first Sunday that Pastor spoke in this series, he was speaking about Genesis 27. And in this story, Pastor tells us that Jacob, the son of Isaac, tricks his father and steals Esau's birthright. So in this story, it's it's really crazy. Um, Rebecca, Isaac's wife, overhears Isaac saying, I'm about to die. I want to bless my firstborn. So Rebecca's like, all right, Jacob. This is your chance. Get ready. We're about to rumble, right? So she makes a stew for him and <clears throat> dresses him up like the brother Esau. So puts hair on him so he's hairy and then probably throws some dirt on him too because, you know, Esau liked to live in the woods. So when he meets his father Isaac, he gets a blessing and steals it from Esau. So what Pastor was telling us in this series is that you cannot dress as a false self. You cannot present yourself falsely to others because God will not bless that, right? When you're blessed blessed by God, you have to show who you are fully, right? God cannot bless this false self, right? So this is the main point in the first sermon that we need to grasp and take for ourselves that we need to come to God fully as ourselves, so that he can bless us, right? And we don't have to steal other people's blessings because God already has a blessing for us, right? So then this next uh, series, right, the next sermon he did last week, he spoke in Genesis 25. And in this, it's actually before Jacob steals the the birthright from Isaac, from Esau, uh, and Genesis 25, it says, that Esau comes in from hunting, and he's famished. He's like, I'm dying from, from hunger. I'm about to die. I, I don't even know what to do with myself. Please give me something to eat. So Jacob luckily had a nice pot of stew on the stove, and he's like, hey, um, I'll give you a bowl of this you know, if you give me your birthright. Right? So Esau said, okay. Back then, that, that's insane. The birthright gave you a double per- portion right? If you were supposed to receive 10 acres, right, each child, he was going to give, get 20 acres, right? If you're going to get 10 sheep, he was going to get 20 sheep, Esau, right? But he gave it up for a bowl of stew, right? This is, this is absolutely mad. It's like someone saying, I have $10 million for you, right, in the bank. It's yours as long as you stay my firstborn and you take care of my land. But then, your brother, your younger brother, you know, they're all tricksters. They say, hey, I got a Happy Meal for you. And it has a Pokemon toy in it, all right? 
And you're like, oh, I, I got to get this. This is very important. Like, this is more important than $10 million. Right? And you, you trade it. Think how insane that is. Right? So that's what this story is trying to tell us. <clears throat> Excuse me, I have to get some water. So, what Pastor was teaching us last Sunday is do not give in to your impulses and desires. He gives the, the idea and the concept of hunger because that the, that's the desire that everyone feels. I bet half of you guys are hungry right now. I, I know I am. I didn't eat breakfast. I had a piece of banana bread and a cup of tea. And that's not going to hold me over, right? So, I don't know. I might trade that Happy Meal for $10 million right now. But what pastor is trying to teach us is when we curve these impulses and desires, we then can receive the blessing of the firstborn, right? And then pastor related this to Jesus Christ, the firstborn of man, the one who come and came, right, to save us all and take all of our sin, right? And this is our blessing that we can receive each and every day, but also at the end of our lives, right? If we curve these impulses and desires. So, after I did this, you know, review, um, I would like to get to the main point of the sermon I'm going to be preaching today, and I have the great opportunity to preach. I'm actually going to be preaching out of three uh, different chapters in Genesis. I know it's a lot. I know you guys can handle it. You're our adults and smart people. Okay, so I believe in you. <clears throat> but the main point is struggling helps develop your true self, who you truly are in God. Struggling, right? So a lot of people don't really agree with that. Like, no, I like to sit comfortably. I like the AC at 71 degrees, 71.5. I like my water at room temperature, right? Sparkling just a little bit. All right, this comfortability is in America. You know, United States, we love it. We love to be comfortable. But if you've ever been out of the country, you would have seen some struggling. People that are hungry. People that have to beg every single day just to get a piece of bread. Right? And this struggling is what helps you develop your character. And when God comes aside and walks with you through this, you're able to reach a higher state than you'll ever be able to reach by yourself. Right? By eating that Happy Meal, that Happy Meal is not going to help you reach a higher state. Right? That's probably going to give you indigestion. Okay? Well, the bread that's going to help you is the bread from God, the manna that comes from heaven. Right? So this is what I would love to preach about today, and I hope you can grasp this and walk along with me as I teach you these things. So before I start, I'm going to start in Genesis 28, chapter 28, verses 10 through 19. If you want to turn to the Bible, um, I'll have it up here for you guys as well. But before I read, I want to pray. So if you guys can join me. Lord, thank you for this great opportunity where we can dig into your word, where we can understand your scripture, that we can ingest it ourselves and become a part of who you are. God, right now, that I, pr I pray for myself and for everyone in here that will be humble before you, that will be willing to learn from your word and seek deeper understanding. In your name, amen. So then, the races begin. 
I have a lot of scripture. Please just follow with me, um, and I hope you grasp what, I would, um, what the Lord has for you today. So, like I said, if you didn't hear me, chapter 28, verses 10 through 19. It's on the screen. So, Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. When he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on earth with its top reaching to heaven. And the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. There above it stood the Lord. And he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. When Jacob awoke from this crazy dream, he must have thought it was insane, but when he woke from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. He was afraid and said, how awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Early the next morning, Jacob took the stone he had placed under his head and set it up as a pillar and poured out oil on top of it. He called this place Bethel, though the city used to be called Luz. So in this passage, as it said, you know, Jacob saw a dream that the Lord gave to him where these angels were ascending and descending from heaven. But the biggest thing I want to draw from this is a blessing that Yahweh put on to Jacob. He said, I bless you just like I blessed your grandfather and I blessed your father. I am now blessing you with the same blessing that you have a great line of descendants and you inhabit this land where you're sleeping right now. So I want to start off with this. That before you go into struggles, right? Because I hope we're all believers, and if we're not, I, I hope this draws you to want to be a believer, right? When you become to understand and believe in Jesus Christ and God as Lord, He blesses you. God blesses you with faith, with joy, with hope, right? This is what is the blessing that Yahweh is putting on to Jacob right now. This is actually the first time Yahweh even spoke to Jacob. Right? And this only occurred because Jacob went out on his own. This, he already left his father's land. His father blessed him, right? All of the men blessed him and his community. But now it's time for God to bless him because that's the only thing that's going to get him through the struggles coming up. Right? So at the end of that passage, you see that Jacob set up a pillar and marked it and named it Bethel, the house of God, literally meaning house of God, Beth-el. Okay, it's pretty simple Hebrew. And in that, he stated through words, right, so it's verbally known now, it's made into existence. 
but physically he made a concrete place where this is where God met me, blessed me, and changed my life, okay? And this is what we need to grab on before we go to the struggles. After that, Jacob went on his way. I'm going to paraphrase a few chapters for you. Jacob went on his way to go meet a wife from his mother's clan, right? He, he came upon this beautiful woman while she was uh, giving them sheep some water. He said, wow, this woman's beautiful. I, I want her to be my wife, okay? We don't do that nowadays, right? You, you probably go to Starbucks. You know, it's the same concept as a watering hole nowadays. Um, you see a beautiful woman like, hey, I want you to be my wife, right? And you go and see their father. That doesn't happen as much, but anyway, he goes and talks to his uncle and says, I want Rachel, your younger daughter, to be my wife. And his uncle's like, no problem. Just work for me for seven years. That's crazy. I don't know about you guys, but that's crazy. I, if you guys do that nowadays, um, I, I give you props. Because that's, that's hard. Because their work was not typing out the computer in an AC unit. Their work was taking care of goats and sheep in a sub-arid land, pretty much a desert. There were maybe a few oases, right, places where a spring came up and there was some live grass. But it was hard work. So he's like, okay. And this is the first struggle in life that he had. And this is a representation of all of us working hard at work, the struggles of maybe going through cancer, the struggles of having a disease that's that's not being healed, the struggles of taking care of parents that are sick or children that are sick, or just taking care of children in general, the struggles of school. This This is applicable to every part of our life, right? Then the seven years come. And you know, Jacob, he, he was so happy. He was like, ah, it's finally come. The day has come where I'm getting married. I just got married. Um, my wife's going to kill me. I think, I think seven weeks ago, six weeks ago, something. But it's, and it's a, a lading point in your life. Right? And Jacob was feeling this. It comes to the wedding day. He marries. He lays down that night with the wife. And the next morning he wakes up. And he looks, and he's like, oh, my. And it's the older sister, Leah. And it, it threw him off. He's like, what is this? He went to his uncle. I, you promised me your daughter, right? You promised me Rachel, not this one. His uncle explained, we don't do the, the older one before. Um, sorry, we don't do the younger daughter before the older. So if you want Rachel, you have to work another seven years. <laughs> And Jacob, I don't know what's wrong with him. He probably, like, laid on that stone too hard, you know. But he did it. He did it. And he worked another seven years. And this is an example for, you know, if you're at work and you won that promotion, you show off to your boss, you're there early every day. You know, you organize the desk. You make sure the paper clips are in a straight line even, you know. It's fantabulous, you know. But he gives the promotion to some other guy, okay. Or... You're waiting for a doctor's appointment where you're going to hear you're all clear. Everything's okay. All right. The cancer's gone. All right. Diabetes is gone. All these things. And you get there and like, it's actually worse. So this is what Jacob faced. All right. This devastation that you may be feeling right now if this relates with you. All right. But he faced it with joy. Why? 
because he had that boost, that blessing from Yahweh in that dream, and that drove him forward to do these things. Right? Seven years came, and he finally married Rachel. There we go. He must have been even ten times happier. Right? Married her, started to grow with, with children, had 12 children that ended up being the 12 tribes of, of Israel later on. Um, had sheep and goats. And it came to the point where Yahweh calls him and says, all right, it's time to go. Time to go back home. And he's like, what? Go back home? I'm having a great time here. Finally, I have the wife uh, that I actually wanted. I have children. I have goats and sheep. All right, so this then shows the ups and downs of life. Right? You have the up, the blessing of Yahweh going on a new journey, the downs of the hard work and struggling. Right? But now it's time to face his fears. It's time to face his brother Esau. And you guys know about that. I just told you about that. And that's rough. Because he just stole everything from Esau. He stole his birthright. He stole the inheritance. He tricked him and deceived him. How would you guys feel if you haven't seen a family member in 20, maybe 30 years, and you know you left on a bad note? Yeah, I feel the anxiety right now. You know, Thanksgiving's coming up, and you know how it gets. Cousins come that you haven't seen in a while. Uncles, aunts, that, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. Right? You left on bad terms. So, like any wise person, Jacob called out to Yahweh. And he said, Yahweh, please give me blessing and favor as I move forward to go into my homeland. And Yahweh said, I'll be with you. And this is coming up to the next part of um, scripture that I have for you today. Because Jacob was calling out to God again. He recognized that this is my Lord. Yahweh is my Lord. And I need to go back to where he says I need to go back because this is my family's land. So he gets his family ready, sends them across the river before him, and he's left alone. Give me some water. Ah, amen, amen. It's the water of the Lord. So he sends his family before him, and he's waiting there alone. Okay? I hope we all can understand this feeling of just anxiety, like what, what's going to happen when I get home. I don't know if you got in trouble at school um, at all. I did a lot. Uh, it was just fun. Yeah, yeah, you, you know, you fight, you know, you get bad grades, and you're just like, I just don't even care, right? But you know the teacher called home already. You know your grandparents or your parents or your uncle or aunt is already home and waiting for you. So it's that anxiety of whatever period you're in. It could have been four hours or it could just be ten minutes, but anxiety is so strong. There's this one time, I remember very distinctly, I was in kindergarten. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, kindergarten. You know, it wasn't someone stole my, my cookies and juice, but, <laughs> man, you're going to laugh at me. You're going to think I'm a terrible person. So, anyway, in kindergarten, having a great time, playing with Lego blocks or whatever we did back then. And this, this little girl comes up to me picks her nose, and wipes it on me. 
And that's disrespect. I don't know. That's disrespect. So I did what any wise man would do. I punched her, right? <laughs> so I punched her. And after I threw the punch, I already knew I was getting in trouble. But that punch felt great. <laughs> so anyway, you know, I had an anxiety. I walked home, and um, I knew it was coming to me. Right? So hopefully that can help you relate to what Jacob was feeling. Right? He didn't have to wait 10 minutes or two hours. He, he waited 30 years. And now he's left alone to dwell on this. And he called out to Yahweh for help. And this leads us to chapter 32 in Genesis. He's sitting there alone. And if you guys are there, chapter 32 Verses 24 through 30. On the screen for everyone to read. All right, awesome. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let go. I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, what is your name? Jacob answered. <clears throat> Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel. Because you have struggled with God and with men and have overcome Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed them there. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, it is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. All right. So these are some very important things, and this is where I want to spend pretty much the rest of my time, um, because we all wrestle in our lives. And what's so great about this point, in the Hebrew, it says man. Um, A lot of scholars perceive that it's God, right? And that's what we usually put here, that uh, Jacob wrestled with God. So I'm going to go with that. But I love that it says man in the Hebrew because it's man wrestling with man's self or woman wrestling with woman's self. He's wrestling with these issues that he created with his, his brother Esau. Right? So, and it's also at night, and he's left alone. Just picture this. It's dark outside. In Marlboro, you don't go outside when it's dark. There's too many mosquitoes. Um, But picture if you're in the mountains or something where it's cool. It's dark, and you're alone, and this man comes at you. Right? So my first point is, when you are being, when you're in a time of struggling, right, To help develop yourself in God, you need to spend time alone. You need to spend time away from things. This sermon series is called Selfie for a Reason. We focus on too many other people's selfies, and it gives us a false sense of who we are. So we try to do this and this. You you try to put on all these different hats because people want you to. But what that does is draw you away from who you really are and who God wants you to be. My first point, be alone. 
be alone. And being alone, right. you then you have to face yourself. You have to wrestle yourself. You have to wrestle, why do you do the things you do? Why are these things occurring to me? Is it my fault or is it just circumstance? I have a disease. It doesn't, that's it. You know, there's no reason why. I just am. Face it though. Look at it face to face in the dark alone. And when you're alone, my second point is God will meet you there. God will always meet you there. Always. I'm going to put a definite on that. Always meet you there. Right? Especially when you're wrestling. You see, in the Hebrew, it doesn't say Jacob was wrestling the man after he popped the hip out of place. It says he was holding on. He was just holding on for the ride. He didn't know what was going to happen, and he was out of breath. And that, that might be a lot of you today. You're out of breath. This struggling is too much for you. But I say hold on. Hold on because God has something for you. God has something to develop inside of you. Right, this passion, this joy, this hope for life. Right? Yahweh wants life for you today. And then my third point is humble yourself. All right? Be alone. God will meet you there and then humble yourself. Humble yourself to what God has for you. Let God pop your hip out of socket. Let, literally, let God do that because then it shows you who you really are. You're flesh and bone. God is your creator. You, we need to set up this, this duality in our minds that God created us. God knows exactly what's going on in us. All right. So, when you humble yourself, God can show you who you truly are and then change who you thought you were, who you thought you were, right? When the man says, what is your name? Jacob answered, Jacob. That's my name. My parents gave me this name, right? But Jacob literally means the follower or deceiver, okay? And that's what he did his entire life. He deceived his brother. He deceived his father. He even deceived his uncle, right? And this is who he thought he was, right? The only time you can understand and see these things is when you're alone and God meets you there and you humble yourself to what God has for you. This happens to me every day, right? I spend time alone in the morning because I have the great opportunity to. My wife leaves to work early. I have about two hours by myself. Um, I'm introverted anyway, so I like it. It's nice. But uh, I, I always, mm, no, nah, I'm not going to say always. 50% of the time, I'm going to tell you the truth here. 50% uh, of the time, right, I'm, I'm praying, I'm meditating, I'm focusing on the Bible. Other 50, I try to take a nap before I go to work. Don't tell anyone, just stays here, right? But whenever you find time alone, even if it's 5 to 10 minutes, take it to look into yourself and look where God can touch you, right? So, with that, God changed Jacob, right? Deceiver, one who grabs at the heel. That's what it, like, it's an idiom in Hebrew. Um, and it's an interesting one. He changes that name 
to Yisrael. Yisrael, right, means he who struggles with God. Literally, he who struggles with God. Okay? And it says in, in the Bible, because you have struggled with God and with man and overcome. God wants to give you the name Israel today. We are the children of Israel today and tomorrow and throughout this entire year and for the rest of our lives if we believe in this. Okay, because God has given you the power to overcome these struggles in your life. <clears throat> and what's also interesting about the name Israel is the core of it is struggles, sarah. And sarah is also the word for toil, to work tediously and vigorously and monotonously. Right? This is the work that Jacob did for 14 years in the desert waiting for his wife. Right? This is the work afterwards to gain the descendants and for all these sheep and goats that he had. It's struggling, right? And that becomes part of who you are but not your identity. It's not the full self. It's not fully who you are. You're not your struggles. You know, you're not your disease. You're not your broken leg. You're not your family that's messed up. You're not an addict. That's not who you are. That's not who God created you to be. This is something that you tagged on, right? Even with Instagram and Twitter, you're not this, it's such a, a sad thing. You're not this picture you put up there. Right? You're not, because everyone knows you did Photoshop. Everyone knows you touched it up. Everyone knows you turned to the side and squeezed in, all those things. Right? <laughs> everyone already knows that. Everyone already knows. And that's okay. That's okay they know that. Right? Because that's not even who you are. So stop faking. Stop faking. Right? And this is what God showed Jacob. Stop faking who you are. And then he messed up his hip so that he walks, you know, he could walk like this, or he could walk like, you know, with a little swag. You don't know how he walked. But that's a reminder of who you said you were is not who you are. I have something new for you. So then, after Jacob struggled, with God, he has a new name, and he can finally face his brother. He can finally face his homeland, the place where he deceived people, the place where he, he left. He ran for his life. He thought Esau was going to kill him. But he can finally go back. And when he does, it's a beautiful thing. Esau meets him, and they hug and give a kiss. All right? And this shows that everything's okay. It's okay between us. We are okay. So when God then does this in your life, when God shows you who you are truly in him, your relationships start to become a little more smooth. It seems easier to relate to people, right? Because you are tapping into who you truly are and not this, this facade you try to present to people. Because Everyone's already doing it. Everyone's already trying to put up a facade, right? So when you swipe it away, 
there's a deeper connection that's already been there. That's, it's already been, right? Society puts these things that we, we have to put a facade. What? Especially not the church. We're supposed to be as real as it gets. We're supposed to be, like, really real. And that's the beauty that happens. So then, your family connections become better. Your friendships become, gather, become better, right? Your relationships with your spouse or girlfriend or boyfriend becomes better, right? Your relationships at work are no longer about, yeah, the, the weather's nice, you know, it's, it's great. We're finally cool. You know? It becomes, how, how is your family doing? I heard your, your daughter was having a birthday party. How'd that go? You know, and then you can become closer to people with, without this, this wall you try to put up. But I try to put up all the time because it's easier to tell you the truth. I'm going to let you know. It's easier. And we, we usually like to go the easier route. But when you allow God to wrestle you and break that in you, you recognize the depth that you can then go with people and with God and inside yourself. So this is what Yahweh wanted to teach Jacob before he went to see his brother. He met his brother, came back to his homeland, settled down, and everything was good. Wrong. (laughs) Struggles came again, right? That's life. But he had this peace in himself because his name was changed. And this is what happens to us as we go throughout this, this system of being sanctified, being made holy every single day, to be sanctified, to be sacred, right? Um, and this is what God wants to do in you today. So my last scripture is in Genesis 35. And it's only one verse this time. All right, one verse. It's not too long. So you guys can follow along. But I want to read this to you, and then I would love to open up the altars and uh, play some music and let us try to see what God has for us today. That God already showed us in in worship, right? The emotion that you feel during that music, uh, it's not just emotion. It's you connecting with God. It's you allowing your heart to be opened a little more and stop hiding behind that wall, that selfie that you put up. All right? God wants to break through that today. So I'm going to read this. Genesis 35, verse 1. Then God said to Jacob, Go up to Bethel and settle there and build an altar there to God who appeared to you when you were fleeing from your brother Esau. So God knew, God knew all along that that place where he met Jacob first, where Yahweh met Jacob first in that dream is the place where Jacob changed, where Jacob then was allowed to go forward in this journey, had the power to move on through these struggles, had the power to face himself, 
And then Yahweh says, go back there. Go back to Bethel. Go back to the house of God. Can I get an amen? We're in the house of God today. Okay, so I want you to recognize this connection that's, that's been here since the beginning. Right? Church. Church comes in the word in German meaning circle. Right? Think about a circle. Right? Think about it. A circle is connected to itself. There's unity. You see God in the circle. Right? Because God encompasses all things. In the circle is all things. Outside of the circle is nothing. Right? Because that's outside of God and there is nothing outside of God. Right? So then, you can also look at this journey of Jacob as a circle. It began at Bethel and it will end at Bethel. Because that's where God met him. And I want that to come to you today as well. As my last point is go back. Just go back. Return. Return to the knowledge that you know. As a believer, we know that God already met, uh, met us and has given us this power that we can take into every single situation of our lives, to every struggle, to every up and down the cycle of life. God is already there. God has already met us. So today, if you can walk away with anything, walk away with the main three points. Be alone. Get alone. Meet God. And humble yourself. I'm speaking that right to myself. It's an everyday process that we all go through, that we should be going through every single minute of our lives. We should be thinking, how can I humble myself for the service of God, the service of Yahweh? So if everyone can stand with me, if you're able. Thank you for joining us on the FAM Church podcast. FAM Church is here to connect people to Christ. If you live in or are visiting the Lakeland, Florida area, we would love for you to join us on Sundays at 1030 a.m. You can also check us out online at myfamchurch.com. Thank you again and have an amazing day.